Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melissa C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York, and today is Friday, October 16th. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 11, the sixth paragraph, I saw that my friend will be reading one paragraph only today. Today's readers are, for the 12 tr- steps, Nosa J, the 12 traditions, Stacy H, readers of the text will be Tenzin P, Matt F, and Susan H, waiting in the wings. Our newcomer greeter is Jason K, and the host for the second hour is Russ M. The reference numbers for Thursday, October 15th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, was 15551. That's 15551. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 15553. 15553. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nosa J to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning. It's Nosa J, Recover Compulsive Overeater. And uh, these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you all for your service. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Nosa. Okay, I will now ask Stacy H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Hi, this is. Good morning. This is Stacy H. from Virginia, and these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never um, endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And have a good meeting today. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Susan H. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 11 
the sixth paragraph, I saw that my friend will be reading one paragraph only, and I will ask Tenzin P. to begin reading. Good morning, Tenzin. Oh, good morning, uh, Melissa and everyone. Okay. So page six, uh, excuse me, page 11, paragraph six. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. And that's, that's that, that power-packed little paragraph. So what is being talked about here, it seems, is that it, I'm no longer in control, accepting that I am no longer in control, accepting that Ebby was, it appeared, was able to accept a spiritual solution to his, pro, to his problem and to accept a spiritual program of action. So this is about step two and step three, and then on through the whole rest of the steps. Uh, step two, coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, and then making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. And so this is, this is about letting go of being still more gracious and demanding, letting go of being, trying to be in control, letting go uh, through the work of the rest of the steps of the, of the anger, the indignation, the self-pity, the self-centeredness that is at the root of all our problems. And what I would like to do here is read the promises that are part of step three on page 63. When we sincerely took a, such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and ideals. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. So I think with, uh, with this, I will end, and I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to share about this paragraph and their experience with it personally. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Tenzin, for getting us started. <clears throat> so before I open up the lines for sharing, I want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you've shared on um, Wednesday or Thursday on, um, on the line at all, we ask that you refrain 
hold back a bit in order that others might share their experience too. And with that, um, I will take down some names. Kelly G. Kelly G. Thanks, Kelly. Rick J. Rick J. On M. On M. Larry K. Larry K. Beth W. Rachel K. Rachel K. Okay. Looks like it's a start. Is there someone else that wanted to get into the first line? Okay. I'll Evelyn B. Say that again. Evelyn B. Evelyn B. Great. So we'll stop here for now. You guys are so nice and calm. Um, and here's going to be our first lineup is Kelly G. Rick J, Ann M, Larry K, Beth W, Rachel K, and Evelyn B. So, all right, Kelly G, you can get us started. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly G, recovering compulsive overeater in Florida. Um, I still, I love that, our roots grass, new soil. And for me, this is the part where in disease, my biggest thing was that my insides did not match my outsides. And when I talk about insides, I mean that inner peace, that calmness, that woman of integrity, um, that self-love, compassion, all those things that I wanted so bad were not underneath. And outside was this facade that I was, everything was okay, that I was happy, that I was all together, um, that I was okay with myself, that I was social, that I was smiling. One of the most miserable times in my life was high school. And I remember in the yearbook, I got like most happy or most positive. And it was what a joke. And today, my biggest barometer of my recovery is how are my insides matching my outsides? Are they congruent? Are they parallel? And if the answer is yes, then my spiritual fitness is, is on the right track. Um, I feel that, you know, coming into recovery, you know, you can patch a flower being grown, right? You can patch it up. You can cover it up being surrounded by other pretty flowers. And if you picture a bouquet and one flower is a little limp, it's okay because there's all these other beautiful flowers. But when you take that limp flower alone, something's off. And, you know, in recovery, it's easy to patch, well, not in recovery, but prior to recovery, it's easy to patch up something with a diet with um, a diet pill, with other people around, with, um, you know, these quick methods to kind of just patch up something. It's like a wound. And if you just put a Band-Aid on it, yeah, it covers it up. But underneath, it's still infected and oozing. And so with the roots, when I want to change, I need to get to the bottom, the bottom, the bottom, peel that onion back, 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 back. And once I can rip out those roots, get the fresh soil, and then replant it the right way, it heals. And I don't have to patch anything up. I don't need to cover anything up. It, I am pure. 
I have nothing to hide, nothing to embellish. My roots are are pure and they're strong and they're healthy because this program had me knock everything down to build myself up into a beautiful flower. And I'm still growing and need to be watered every day. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly G. That was beautiful. Um, next up is Rick J. And Rick will be followed by Ann M. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Melissa. Um, good to hear you this morning and good to be here. Um, my name is Rick J. I'm a compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina, recovered but not cured, as my dear friend says. And I'm, I'm sitting here in a beach house overlooking the Atlantic and I'm watching the sunrise. I've been, you know, um, gearing myself to, to get on and share and then running out and taking pictures of the sunrise because that's just what I do. <laughs> and, uh, I'm very moved and, and feel so much gratitude. Um, it was a year ago when I was here with this trip um, at this house uh, with my friends who we, this is the fifth year in a row we've done this. Um, and they're, they're men in recovery, another 12-step program, but, you know, men who are, uh, you know, their uh, roots are grasping a new soil, as is mine. And, you know, but I was thinking about, you know, what does that mean for me in, in a year? And I've, you know, I've, I've been, um, you know, I've been on a spiritual recovery path uh, for a while, you know, and uh, but I couldn't get abstinent. And I think for me, you know, when I think about this, I'm on a different footing and my roots are grasping a new soil. And, and what it is for me is I'm, uh, you know, I'm connecting to my higher power in a way, you know, that uh, every aspect of, of my life is centered around connecting um, to my higher power. And whereas I used to, to, um, to put all my energy into just staying away from the food. And, you know, being basically being on a diet, I, I couldn't make that connection of, you know, the God of my understanding is, is not something that, you know, I, I just read about all the time and talk about all the time and, and have this, you know, this uh, conception of, of this God in my life. It's about, you know, it being real for me and connecting continuously connecting and growing and improving that conscious contact with God. And it starts, you know, it starts with step one and, and all the way through all the steps, you know, and, and, uh, Abby with Bill, you know, he was carrying the message. He was, you know, he was doing the action. And I think for me, the actions are, you know, I went through the steps with, with someone, uh, who was recovered and, and I, I'm staying in steps 10, 11, and 12 every day now but uh for you oh person who i called on the beach in desperation a year ago and you were there for me uh you know who you are and i know you're listening and thank you very much i um you know for being there and i know you were just <laughs> you were just uh you know carrying the message like you would anyone else but i think for me it's it's like listening to someone who has been transformed, who's had a spiritual transformation where every aspect of their life has changed. And, and that comes across. That's the beauty of carrying the message to someone else like Abby did for Bill. And what a gift to be able to do that for others. 
I feel like I'm sort of rambling around a little bit, but I am very grateful to be um, abstinent and connected with my higher power and, and uh, part of this beautiful program. With that, I pass. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much, Rick J. Next up is on M, and on will be followed by Larry K. Good morning, on. Am I being heard? Yes, we can hear you, Melissa. Okay, good. <laughs> Hi, Melissa. This is Anne here from Ireland, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, thank you so much for your service, and thanks to everybody on the line. And, yeah, three sentences, you know, and it says so much. I love how we, um, you know, look at the big book and look at it in detail like we do on these meetings, and it really, really does, you know, make the big book alive and, and very well for me. Um. I love the part I saw. I saw that my friend was much more, much more than inwardly reorganized. And that's about change for me, you know, and it's about, you know, being reorganized is, you know, more than being reorganized. It's being transformed. And uh, that's the spiritual element of the program for me. You know, it's about the miracle that happens and it can only happen with a higher power. Nothing else. Only a higher power can do this. You know, I often listen to a speaker and a spiritual speaker and he talks about, you know, without a spiritual element to our lives, we're only reorganized and it's like being in a cluttered room with no door and no light and no window. And it's really the same thing for me. You know, unless I have a light and a window and a door and probably skip outside to get rid of all the crap, I am just reorganized. And but this is about transformation. And the next part where it says I was on a different footing, that's just a complete difference. It's, a, it's, it's night and day for me. You know, it's that part where, you know, being connected is like having a connection with a higher power that's miraculous, can do anything for me that I can't do for myself. Whereas in darkness, I'm fumbling around on my own and I fall in that place and it's a dark place and it gets darker and I get very wounded and sicker in that place. Um yeah, and his roots, I love that word roots, because it really makes it from the heart. You know, his roots grasped in new soil. And that's the spiritual awakening. You know, that's where we get from our head to our heart, the unblock between the two. You know, the unblocking between our higher power, getting away from our head and connecting from our true source, which is our higher power in our heart. And it's such a, you know, it's a, it's a magical, you know, place to be, but it's a hard place to get to. Um, it takes work and it takes constant, you know, it, it takes that real perseverance and it's every day, you know, and it's the, la- it's the part where it's our, t- our authentic selves. It's where we get to the deepest part of ourselves and unmask and uncover and unlayer and all the, all the stuff that we need to do. And then we, we, you know, there's huge growth from that place. But otherwise it's, it's, you know, when we don't have that spiritual connection, we don't have a connection with our higher power. It's just all, you know, robotic doing, you know, not really living, not really feeling. And it's a it's just a different it's a different place altogether. And I'm so grateful, you know, to have this program, to to be shown how to work this program and to get all the, you know, all the fruits of the program as well as having an absent day. It's a magical program. I'm so, so grateful. So thanks, Melissa, and thanks for your service. And you better pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, on M. Great. Okay, next up is Larry K. And Larry will be followed by Beth W. Good morning, Larry. 
Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service. You know, the, um, the, the, this is going to take a heart transplant for me. You know, the, the, the change, I'm going to need a complete heart transplant. The change of my intellect um, was just, it wasn't enough. You know, I, I needed a transplant of the heart. And as long as my will um, did not belong completely to my creator, you know, whatever the creator is for you, if it didn't belong completely and unequivocally to that creator, even the change of my intellect was bound to remain, uh, you know, precarious and, and indefinite, you know, at best. Um, uh, and, and, and I'm reminded that where, you know, where the, where the treasure, uh, the miracle of recovery is, that's where your heart will be also. So if the treasure, you know, I think about this, and I think about what we read this morning in the beautiful shares. If the treasure of recovery for me is merely in my food plan, for example, that's where you'll find my heart. If the treasure of recovery is in my shiny old, you know, you know physical self, well, that's where you're going to find my heart. And if the treasure of recovery, you know, is in my, my newfound devotion to judgment through comparison and with with others because i'm never going to measure up to you that too is where you'll find my heart and if the treasure of recovery is in my you know my self-righteousness of being all-knowing yeah i got this thing of being right oh you'll hear it in my voice that's where you're going to find my heart planted firmly in that space too you know yet here's the beautiful thing and i see this in so many people if the treasure of recovery is truly found in your creator, your creator, whatever that creator is for you, guess what? You will find your heart, that person's heart tethered to a power greater than themselves. You can hear it, right? You can hear it. You can see it. It's just a vibe. You get it. And it will be unmistakable. There's no perfection with that, of course. But it will be as evident as, as like, uh, as, and, and as true and as innocent as like a baby's smile. You know, there's no fake in it, right? No one judges whether a baby's, a baby's smile is real. Right, KDG? You can't, when that baby smiles, there's, there's no judgment. It could be nothing other than purely authentic. That's what we find with people that are these imperfect people like me that are um, in you that find recovery your roots are grasping a new soil you're smiling like a baby it's authentic it's real it's crazy good tremendous and i am i'm so grateful such beautiful shares and I, i'm so grateful you let me into this this into you know this, this door's wide open <laughs> that you haven't kicked me out yet you know it's it's such a beautiful thing that i that i'm changing i'm not the man that i used to be I'm, I'm, I'm better. There's my, there's my time, Melissa. Thanks so much for, for time and for your service. Just love everybody on the line. With that, I pass. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Yep. Smiling like a baby. Um, <laughs> hey, next up is Beth W., and Beth will be followed by Rachel Kay. Good morning, Beth. Hi. Good morning, Melissa. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, <clears throat> Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Thanks for hearing my name and calling on me. Um, I, um, boy, the shares have been amazing, and I'm super grateful for what I've heard. Um, I've been thinking a couple of things. Um, I was uh, able to, 
to travel on boats a couple of different times. And I used to live near Lake Michigan and could go out on the lake. And when you're on a boat, your footing, you have to have a different kind of footing. You have to stand differently to, to be on a boat where the waves are underneath you. And the strange thing about it is when you come back onto land, uh, you automatically try to adjust your footing again, thinking that things are going to be unstable. And, you know, in this program, um, I've had a couple of times where I felt really unstable and I've um, tried to adjust my own footing. Um, and the truth is that um, <laughs> where I'm walking is stable. Beth W., please press star one. Beth, we lost you. Could you um, press star one again? I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. I thought you could hear me. Um, I don't know what happened there. Did you hear anything? Yes, just for a second. We just lost you for like, like, a, like a second. Oh, very strange. All right. My name uh, is Beth W. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from North Dakota. And um, I was talking about uh, a different footing. And when I came into this program, I needed to find a solid footing. I was adrift, um, like, like when you're on a boat and you have to adjust your footing to stay upright when, 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 the, when the boat is uh, not stable. And the strange thing is when I come on to dry land again, it uh, gets, I have that automatic need to want to adjust my footing always. You know, like I think I'm still needing to do it myself. Um, but in this program, I have a power that's greater than me that will help me adjust my footing, that will give me a solid foundation. Um, and I don't have to do this all by myself. I don't have to try to adjust all the time. I can just stick with uh, the power that's greater than me, that creator who uh, helps me each day. Um, well, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Great. Thank you so much, Beth W. <coughs> Next up is Rachel K. Rachel will be followed by Evelyn B. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, this is Rachel K., compulsive overeater in Northern California. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, I woke up this morning uh, not on solid footing. I woke up this morning... Um, not on spiritual, not in spiritual soil. I woke up with a seething resentment uh, against my employer, not my new employer, not the employer that's my real employer, but my earthly employer, uh, made worse by a text that was sent last night um, to me um, that I read this morning. So every, I have to remember every day, you know, I cannot get clean on yesterday's shower. Uh, it was told to me, you know, every day I have to work this program. Uh, and I'm so glad we read this paragraph. And thank you. I'm sorry I forgot your name to the reader who pointed out the third step promises about that we have a new employer um, and that, um, you know, if I am mired in the soil of self-pity and resentment and self-righteousness, uh, I'm going to wither and die, which is exactly what I did 
um, when I, or what I was doing uh, before I got abstinent and recovered 20 years ago. Um, but every day I have to renew that. I have to remember, okay, you know, here, Ebby, he's had not only just a spiritual rearrangement, he's got, he, he's just, he's got a whole different, he's not even in the same earth as he was before. He's on a completely new footing and, and Bill picks up on this. Um, and I have to remember, you know, that, that these resentments are the, the dubious luxury of normal men of men who can walk the earth, who can say, you know, the guy who signs my paycheck is my boss, who can say, you know, that they don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars on binge food and, you know, get fired from jobs for calling in sick uh, when they are really just hung over from food like I did. Um, you know, I have to, I have to be on an entirely new footing uh, so this paragraph, this short paragraph, is such a good reminder for me that whenever I'm disturbed, the problem is with me. I'm the only one that I can change. Um, you know, Ebby and then later Bill realized that um, they couldn't change anybody else. They could change themselves and only through the power of God and only reaching that power of God through practicing these 12 steps, this toolkit laid at their feet. So anyway, I forgot to time myself, but that feels like plenty of time, even if it's not three minutes. So um, thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend, and I'm going to pass. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Okay. You, yeah, you were close. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, okay, next up is Evelyn B., and then I'll open it back up again for sharing. So good morning, well, Evelyn. Good morning. Thank you, Melissa. Um, I'm Evelyn B. from Southeastern Massachusetts, a recovering compulsive overeater, and new to these meetings, fairly new to these meetings. I'm still trying to understand the language of being a recovered compulsive overeater, and I love to listen to all of you. I, I'm really enjoying reading the big book like this, one paragraph or so at a time, and that first sentence about, you know, being inwardly reorganized. I was so disorganized through childhood and early adulthood. And since I came into programs in the early 80s, I started to become inwardly reorganized. And for me, it was amazing to have my inner horizon organized. And then... um, then see myself as starting to establish a firm footing. Prior to that, I had um, built relationships on sand, um, not on firm footings. And I went through many changes in program, as probably we all have. And to find myself on a firm footing was a miracle. I give much thanks to these 12-step programs, and especially OA, that has helped me with that early childhood um, compulsion to overeat. And my my foundation is firm now, and it's I'm I'm blessed for that. And I'm um, my home that I bought from my exes, my ex-husband, share out out of. I have 
completed making it new on the inside for myself, and now I'm making it new on the outside um, with all new new landscaping, new uh, siding, new insulation. It goes new front porch. It's just going to be beautiful. It's going to be mine, and it is on a firm footing. And and that's because of the grace of these programs, and it is God's grace. I can't look at it any other way. And and to be able to put down roots in new soil is such a wonderful image for me. I love the earth, and I love what grows on the earth. And I feel like I am, again, yet again, on new soil, putting down even newer or deeper roots, maybe deeper roots. And I love the concept of putting roots down in one place. So this OA program, to let my roots grow deeper in this program is wonderful. To have found this morning, wonderful. And I thank all of you for your shares. Um, And I love the smell of fall in New England and the sight of fall in New England. And I feel like it's a blessed day. Thank you all. Thanks so much, Ethel Lindsay. Thank you for sharing, for joining us here. Um, okay, so I'm going to open it up again in a moment just to kind of recap where we're at. We're on page 11, the sixth paragraph. I saw that my friend, we read one paragraph. And if you haven't shared on Wednesday or Thursday, um, well, if you have shared, we ask you to hold back. So if you haven't shared, you can offer up your name, and I'm ready to go. Carmela G. Mara L. Carmela G. Okay, Carmela. S. Hold on, there was two people, Devora, Carmela G, Devora. There were two people in between Janet B. and Carmela G. that I missed. If you Laura L. Laura L. Was there someone else? Sheer F. Sheer F. Oh, good morning, Sheer F. Morning. Okay, so I've got Janet B., Laura L., Cher S., Carmela G., Devorah S. Did I miss someone? Susan H. Susan H. And there was someone else. Emily D., as in dog. Emily D. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'll tell you who I've got. I've got Janet B., Laura L., Cher S., Carmela G., Devorah S., Susan H., and Emily D. And with that, we'll get started. Good morning, Janet. You may Good morning, go. Melissa. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. Of course, what an awesome paragraph. The last line of it, his roots grasp the new soil. Love that. I mean, God gives us a transformation. He takes us out of our selfish, self-centered soil and plants us into him and if i'm planted in him then that means i'm going to grow like him i'm going to start being unself-centered i'm going to start caring about others i'm going to grow in love and kindness and compassion what a beautiful image of like god as the um the gardener of my soul but i wanted to talk a minute about the first line when he says i saw my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. And I was noticing that on pages 11 and 12, 
the word friend is there at least four times. And that's really important to me because through the years, I had a bunch of sponsors. And actually, the sponsor who taught me the most information-wise was a sponsor who said to me at the beginning um, something to the effect of, I'm not your friend. My job is to be an information machine. So I got a ton of information. And I was able to get abstinence. But I was afraid of my sponsor. I didn't feel connected with my sponsor. And yeah, I got abstinent, but I didn't grow in love. And so when I started sponsoring, I was just not a nice person, but I gave a lot of great information. And then through the years, thank God, I got some wonderful, loving sponsors who were my friends. And I just looked up the definition of friends, and it said, someone who's attached by affection. And I find it so much easier to recover in this kind of environment when I feel safe, when I feel that no matter what I tell this person, she's still going to love me. She's still going to protect me. She's still got my back. That if she's local, that if um, my car breaks down or I'm sick, um, she's going to be there for me. I think we're supposed to be friends for each other. And I know here Bill knew Ebby from the past, but on page 94 where it talks about meeting a new person and having the initial call, it says, if your talk, when you explain the program, has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you have perhaps made a friend. So for me, what I was just pondering this morning about how important loving relationships are because it's so much easier for me to find God when I can find God mirrored in the eyes of someone carrying this message to me. And with that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Janet D. All right, I don't have to speak today because you said what I was going to say. Uh, next <laughs> up is um, Laura L., and Laura will be followed by Sheer S. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Thanks, Melissa. Um, my name is Laura L. I'm from Pennsylvania, recovered compulsive reader. Um, I definitely could relate to everyone's share on this part that reminds me he was just more than inwardly reorganized. Um, he was on a different footing. It reminds me of the, the place in the book where Roland Hazard and Carl Jung, where he talks about huge emotional um, displacements and rearrangements. Um, and that's kind of what these steps, like everyone has alluded, have, have done for me. Um, I certainly did not want to work the steps when I came in. Um, somewhere in the, I don't know where, I'm not a historian buff, but I think if AA comes of age, Bill refers to the steps as spiritual or emotional dynamite. I don't remember which one it is. but um, And that's really what it has been for me. Um, and the idea of working the steps was to get me unhungry, you know, and to not, want to eat and um you know i was told you know i you know i thought people were mean to me when i came in because they said no steps no program you know but i always wanted to have you know work the promises and have the steps come true i didn't i didn't really want to work the steps um but for many years in this program you know the first two years in this program i reaped the rewards of step none which is nothing because all i did was eat and go to meetings um and you know it wasn't until i got a sponsor until i got in the steps that things started to change for me. Um, and I needed to be reorganized. I needed to be rearranged. I needed these huge emotional displacements. So I would not go back to the food. Um, because inside of me, 
you could have, uh, there was such a hole inside of me. You could have driven a Mack truck through me, you know, like, and no matter how much I ate, nothing filled that hole. And when I was at a big book weekend and I heard a man share and he simplified it because I just needed it simplified for myself. I can't just read off the wall and go, yeah, this stuff's like a good idea. And he said, um, that when we come into this program, he said, you're like this big stinking garbage can. So think of your worst garbage night when you have to put your garbage can out. You know, the lid's not going to fit and the garbage is probably going to blow in the neighbor's yard and they're going to be mad at you. And, and he said, when we come into this program, we're like this big, tall, stinking, overflowing garbage can. And the idea of the steps is that we're going to um, take this can and dump you out. He said, and then we're going to scrub the can. And then we're going to sift through your life um, and get rid of all the bad stuff. And you're going to get to keep a little bit of good stuff on the bottom of the can. Um, and then you're going to be left with a big, tall, clean, empty garbage can. Um, because eventually, if you don't get rid of that garbage, it's going to detonate. And then you're going to eat, you know. And then he said, when, and then once you get through all the steps, um, he said, he went on to say, you know, killing the story. But um, he said that um, the big book promises that there's going to be trials and low spots ahead. And he said, and when like something bad happens, like when your father dies, um, you're not going to have anywhere to store that pain if your garbage can is still overflowing um, and that you are going to need somewhere, you know, to store that pain and until we can love you back to spiritual health. And then he said, on one of the days, um, you're going to, on one of these days, you're going to have to go to the mountain all by yourself. And if you can't reach up and grab the master's hand, you won't be able to go. And, you know, that's what this program has done for me. You know, it has cleaned, I mean, don't get me wrong, my garbage can fills up even to this day, and it's a daily thing, but it's never like how it was when it came in, and it has changed my life, you know, to have a place to store the pain. If I'm overflowing every single day, you know, I need that, so when the crap hits the fan, I have somewhere to, um, you know, that you guys can help me back. Same thing with going to a dentist. You can't drill, you know, you can't fill until you drill, so, you know, um, so that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura L. Okay. Next up is Cher S., and Cher will be followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Cher. Good morning, Melissa. Um, thank you for your service. I And thank you, everybody, for all the amazing shares. And um, I just loved what I just heard about being unhungry. <laughs> it really goes along with what I was going to say, because... Um, I've been struggling, and this whole idea of a reorganization not being enough, I worked through the steps, or I thought I did, and and yet I was still putting extra food in my mouth. And I talked to my sponsor, and she said, well, then you haven't really worked the steps. If you're still needing that extra bit of food, you, you obviously haven't surrendered. And um, and it's so true, you know, I, I need to plant my roots in new soil. And it made me think of a couple of things. First, um, there's an Emily Lou Harris song where she talks about getting water from a deeper well. And I've always found that inspiring and that, um, you know, that deeper well is my higher power and my spirit, uh, my higher power inside of me instead of going for the, the hunger that's in my throat to go into my heart and my soul for that deeper sustenance. And then as I was just thinking that, I was like, yeah, and I'm not a religious person, but I got that image of, you know, the Israelites in the desert getting manna from heaven because they were hungry and they had no food. And I thought, you know, that's God's food, you know, and if I can live, obviously I have to eat, but if the food is just... um, 
you know, to sustain my body and God's food is to sustain my soul and my growth, then I can become un unhungry for the actual food and more hungry for the spiritual growth. And so, I don't know, so many images are swirling in my head. It continues to astound me how, like, a three-sentence paragraph can have so much in it, especially when I hear other people share about it. And so I'm really grateful to be on the meeting. And thank you very much. I pass. Well, thank you so much, Shir S. Okay, next up is Carmela G. Good morning, Carmela. And then Deborah S. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you for everyone on the line, for those who have shared and those who are listening. Um, my roots, my, my roots in disease were in the outer surface. Um, I thought I was growing, <laughs> my body was growing physically, um, in a soil that caused me, because it was my inner strength, the soil was coming up and saying, oh, if I wear that suit and if I match my manicure with that suit and I put my makeup on and it's perfect, no one will notice that I weigh 315 pounds at five foot five inches. No one's going to notice. Uh, is that kind of sick thinking? Today, I realize it's the inner, what's flowing out of my heart and through my veins. And... That facade, that mask that I was wearing has been removed. And yes, I still like nice clothes, don't get me wrong, especially now that I'm in a normal size. But the reality is, it doesn't matter what's on the outside. It's what I radiate, the love, the service that I can do from within. And that's all through the connection and the love that I receive from a power greater than myself. And that's the new roots that I have grasped. And that is truly a gift. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Carmela G. Okay, um, next up we have Devorah S. And I'm just looking at the time. I got about six minutes and... Three people. So um, I guess if we did like two minutes each, we might be able to, to do it. So, Devorah, could you take two minutes? Sure. Hey, good morning, Melissa, and everyone on the line. Thank you so much. Devorah S. in New Jersey recovered. Um, you know, it says here, his roots grasped a new soil. I was not looking, you know, when I came into this program 21 years ago, I was not looking to grasp new I was looking, you know, I needed to lose 150 pounds and get well with the food. I was not looking to get innerly reorganized. Um, you know, so my big organization of the day in those days was eating my three meals a day and nothing in between and no flour, no sugar and blah, blah, the drill and using my phone calls and, you know, the, the tools. That was my big organ reorganization in life. And 
you know, thank God it helped me and it brought me here to the steps. It helped me get, it helped me grasp new soil. Thank you, God, because today I wake up in the morning and what am I grasping for? I'm grasping, you know, for that connection with God and I do my prayers and I'm seeking God's will. And, you know, I try to take that pause through the day. You know, that's, that's what I'm grasping for today. You know, before it was, you know, before program, it was my, you know, all roads led to the food. You know, I saw a bumper sticker one time, you know, all roads lead to the food. And isn't, wasn't that true? You know, because that's, that's what I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know. That was my coping mechanism. That's what helped me get through life. But, but today, the truth of the matter is, you know, what am I grasping for? I'm grasping for God's will. Like, what does God want for me today? And, and to seek, you know, and to, and to, to, to emulate God. You know, patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. These are all attributes that, that God possesses and that, you know, I try to, to, to um, copy, you know. That's what God wants from me today, um, to treat people with respect and dignity um, and, and to get out of myself and to be of service. Um, so I have all these, um, you know, um, I have these steps that keep me in line, that keep me organized. These steps keep me organized because otherwise I am just a self-will-run riot and I'm totally disorganized. And I'm, as other people were saying, I may look very organized on the outside, but inner, inwardly I am I'm a mess. So, um, you know, thank you, God, for this program who keeps me connected with, with God and keeps me organized and grasping soil all the time. Each day I got to keep grasping that soil um, and, and keep my, fir- uh, my roots firmly implanted in that soil. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Deborah S. Okay, so it looks like um, Susan H., I've got about two minutes for you. And Emily, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hang out for the next hour and we'll get you in there. So, Susan, would you please go? Okay, I'm Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. What I see in the paragraph is that though we're still living in a place where he was grasping at alcohol, as I was at food, for his comfort, reassurance, and for his life, he could recognize that he wasn't, was not rooted in that, in that day. He recognized that Abby's roots were grasping something real and infinite. Some days when I feel I might be loosening my grip, I first go to my higher power as instructed in the book, and then reach out to my sponsor or to other fellows in the, in the steps. It always lights the path. It helps me. And from times I have, oh, and from the times that I've been reached out to, it helps them. That is my experience. Together, we are grasping new soil. And I'm grateful to be here, and I will pass with that. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, yeah, and yeah, we're going to be we're out of time now. So Susan H, thank you. You're our last share for the day. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, October sixteenth, seven a.m. meeting, is one five 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 seven. That's 15557. And we will now close with the reading from the big book. 
on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, will Matt F. Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.